Hi everyone, my name is Rob Maiolo and welcome to episode number four of Hi Hakiki, a podcast about industry, entrepreneurship, and life from a person that sucks at all three. Um, happy May 2-4 Victoria Day long weekend, Victoria Day long weekend to the Canadians uh, that listen to this. I'm pretty sure it's Victoria Day. Anyway, um, happy belated wedding to to Megan and Prince... Harry question mark um also her she'll always be Rachel to me shout out to the suits fans um yeah I hope you're having a great weekend I am in my condo at uh, around 9 30 at night here in Toronto um I am in a mountain of clothes that I'm trying to pack for my trip next week because I leave on Friday uh as always leaving it to actually this isn't the last minute I'm uh, you know four days away uh, just about to head off to my parents' place for a little May 2-4, uh, barbecue. The first of two barbecues this weekend, because, uh, I guess my parents are alcoholics. Um, I'm also drinking lemon water, which is important, as I'll tell you after this sip. My, uh, <laughs> my uncle, actually my cousin, but he's like 50, so I call him my uncle, uh, had kidney stones about a month ago and recently told me the, the harrowing stories of passing kidney stones and apparently drinking lemon water helps prevent those. So after hearing those stories, I've been drinking lemon water like a motherfucker. So, uh, anyone there who doesn't want to have a kidney stone, uh, get the lemon going. Um, anyway, so I'll stop uh, bullshitting my way through this. Why don't I jump in to where we left off last? And that was kind of at the tail end of my stint at the Royal Ontario Museum. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be in their gift shop. Uh, had a great time. A lot of great stories came from that. I think by the end of it, we sold, uh, it was 30 plus 36, so 66 or 68 bottles in about th- three weeks, let's say, uh, which was incredible and awesome and has far surpassed any sales I've had prior to or, or since then. Uh, so in- incredibly fortunate that that happened. I was really, so the way they did the, the deal, from what I've been told, and I don't know a lot about anything, <laughs> um, they, <laughs> they did, uh, they just purchased the bottles from me. So it wasn't, from what I understand, some stores do what they call consignment. So you put the bo- you put your products on their shelves and they get a cut of every sale. You get a cut of every sale and you both have a vested interest in the success of the products in the store. That wasn't the case at the gift shop in the ROM. What actually happened was they just bought the bottles from me. So the first PO was $30. They just bought it from me. And then went out and sold it for more than they bought it for. So they bought it from me for eight bucks a bottle and went and sold it for twenty one. And um so my my I guess risk was done because I uh you know got my check from them after sixty days, which actually came in the mail a couple days ago, which was awesome. Uh and that was uh that was it. So I didn't really have a monetary interest in them selling out especially the second time because I knew I wouldn't get a reorder because the the exhibit was going to close down 
However, I did my best to tell people and, um, you know, kind of motivated people to try and go to the gift shop and buy it from them or at least go see the exhibit because uh, I, I wanted them to do well too. Uh, one of the books, one of my favorite books um, is Conscious Capitalism. It's by one of the co-CEOs of Whole Foods and he talks about uh, wins with a capital W, so win, 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 and it was you win, the customer wins, but also all the stakeholders win, the environment, the retailers, the suppliers, so it's not taking from A to give to B or taking from B to give to C, it's doing a transaction where A, B, and C win. So I wanted not only to be able to have my products in the gift shop, I wanted them to sell out really well because I wanted the Royal Ontario Museum to do well. I wanted everyone to kind of win, quote unquote. So I was really glad that they had success and I was really glad that that was able to happen for them. And then that exhibit ended. Um, I sent an email to the lady that was helping me uh, at the event network who were... uh, who are a fantastic group of people, um, just said thank you and kind of told her the story of how I've what I've done so far, similar to the stories I've been telling on the podcast. Excuse me. Uh, oh, a little too much lemon. Um, <laughs> um, and just kind of said thank you, and she, she said thanks as well, and, you know, if we ever bring back the exhibit, we'll be in touch and stuff like that. And then all that finished... And it got really quiet and really lonely. And the magic from that early success kind of overnight just dwindled. And you hear that? Yeah. That's all of a sudden what it was like. Just dead space and dead air. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in my condo trying to work on Hakiki. And it's not filling orders, it's not texting people uh, to check this out or check that out, or no Instagram posts, no emailing vendors, um, no organizing anything, no planning my day, like, okay, I gotta go here, I gotta drop this off, I gotta pick this up, no up till four in the morning making products. It was just quiet. And in my short journey of being an entrepreneur, That is probably the toughest part that I'm dealing with. The toughest part I'm dealing with is just the fucking silence. The noise is easy. When everyone's talking about you and when everyone's uh, asking about how things are going or or when you're on Instagram and you're posting here and you're posting there and you're having conversations with other people in the industry or just people in the community, um, that's easy. That's... I could do that uh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's it's the silence that's tough to manage. It's not having anyone to talk to about your product or no one asking about your product or no vendors emailing you or any of that. So that's without question the biggest struggle that I've had from when the exhibit ended which was, um, uh, I, th- I think, first week of April till now, 
which is May 20th, whatever today is. So I've, I've decided to, so when, gen, when it was a new year, I, can, I do my best every, you know, last week of December to roadmap what I want the next year to look like. And in the, um, in the end of December 2017, when I thought about what I wanted 2018 to look like, it was, I want to create, I want to um, create products, I want a blue sky and whiteboard and just have just really think about what I want the company to look like create as many products as I can um, create uh, as much content as I can which is part of the reason I've started the podcast this year you know start the podcast get the Instagram page going Um, I want to come up with a YouTube channel which I'll talk you guys through uh, when I start materializing it just create like pillars of content uh, shout out Gary V, um, and create as many products as I can, and really just focus on the idea of building up the the business as far as the products and the content, and not worry so much about selling. So my goal for 2018 was not to sell anyone anything. It was never, hey, go buy this. Um, it was more just me kind of creating that way in 2019. When I go out to sell, I'm not just saying, hey, do you want some beard oil? And they go, I don't have a beard. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And, or they say, oh, um, I already have your beard oil. And I go, oh, okay. It was that way in 2019, I can sell the beard oil, sell the beard balm, sell um, the lip balm, sell the pomade, sell the soap, sell the aftershave. Um, hey, check out my podcast. Here's my Instagram page. We got a cool YouTube page. I have a bigger, almost artillery to artillery, artillery to go out with in 2019 when I do decide to sell, which was what the game plan was. However, that all got thrown off when I came across this opportunity at the Royal Ontario Museum. So that's part of the fun of running your own business is it's very dynamic and changing every day, but it's also tougher to stick with your goals when it kind of gets when you kind of get thrown off. So. Now that that's kind of simmered down, I'm taking that opportunity to really get back to what my goal was for 2018, which is to start creating. So I'm really trying to focus on, let's get some recipes and test and learn in the Hakiki kitchens as to making some products and really zoning in on the recipe and zoning in on uh, the benefits of the products and zoning in on the packaging and the messaging. Uh, About two weeks ago, I spent the whole day, uh, or about half a day on Saturday, uh, at my work when no one was there with a whiteboard and just me, and I had some inspirational YouTube videos going on in the back just to kind of cut the silence, and I just whiteboarded what I want uh, the products to look like, what I want the promotion to look like. I went back to the old school uh, marketing that I learned uh, in college, the four P's of marketing, uh, product, place, product, price, place, promotion, what products do I look, what products do I want to sell, what price do I want them to sell, what place do I want them to be sold at, and what promotion do I want to sell them at. So I spent most of the time on the products and the promotion, wrote down what products I have, um, 
at least ready in my head and how am I going to materialize them to be on the store and what products do I think would be good that I could start researching and start working on. So I always have something to do. And that's um, also, there's, there's a lot of struggles and problems with the journey of entrepreneurship. One of them is you don't know what to do. Like, you know, objectively what you need to do, you need to create products and content and go out and sell. But as far as like tasks, you don't know what to do in terms of it's Monday at three o'clock or three o'clock in my work. It's Monday at seven o'clock. I've got to work on my recipe for the lip balm. It's Saturday at 1 p.m. I've got to go on Fiverr and try and find someone to make a new logo for me for the new product I'm selling. That's when you're at work, you have all those things laid out for you or you can lay them out pretty quickly. However, when you're running your own shop, that you have to not only figure out what to do, when to do them, how much time to spend doing them, and you certainly can't do everything at once, so you've got to prioritize, and that's uh, that's tough. So what the whiteboarding helped me do which is um, figure out what products that I've already created and need to make packages for, or what products I think will be good and need to find and need to create recipes and then go through the steps through the other ones, making them packages, uh, lo- uh, logos, labels, uh, descriptions, putting them on the Etsy shop, all that shit. So it helped me kind of uh, itemize what needs to be done for the products. And then when I went to the promotions, it's, okay, what what kind of pillars, and I'm ripping off Gary Vee here, but you got to learn from someone, what pillars can I create uh, that I can just constantly pump content from? So I have the Instagram page, which I'll admittedly say that I, I don't use often. So that was part of the whiteboarding. I have an Instagram page. I need to turn up the volume on that 10 times. Um, the Facebook page, which I use somehow even less than the Instagram page. Got to turn up the volume 100 times on that. And then let's create some new pillars. So I thought of um, an idea for a YouTube channel, um, which I'll share with you a little bit later. So, okay, we'll create the YouTube pillar. What content can I put in there? Um, podcast, what I'm doing right now. I wanted to create a podcast where I can talk about the journey of entrepreneurship. Um, also, on the back end, kind of promote Hakiki and the, and the work that I'm doing and the products I'm selling. Um, and also create more of a, a diary for myself. Um, I listen to this podcast more than anyone on this planet. Uh, so it's a more diary for me saying, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm working on that. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Good thing I talked about it in the podcast. Uh, I got to make sure that I mention this in the podcast. And most importantly, what this podcast helps me do is it literally forces me into working on the company during the week. Because up till now, I've been able to talk about the past six or seven months of Hakiki and all this, the successes I've been fortunate enough to have so early. But once I kind of get caught up, which is pretty much what, what this episode is, me catching you up to current day, May, May, I should really figure out the date before I tell you it a million times. Uh, fuck it, whatever. Let's say May 20th. So now that you're caught up to current day, if I fuck around and don't do any work on Hakiki, I've got nothing to talk about on Sunday when I record this. So not only is my business shit, 
my podcast is going to be shit. And there will be days where I can talk about not being motivated and how I'm trying to work through that, but that'll get old pretty gosh darn quick. So what I'm, what I'm trying to do with this podcast is kind of keep myself in check more than anyone else. Um, so that whiteboarding session has really helped me lay out um, what I need to do uh, today, what I need to do three months from now, what I need to do a year from now. And also one of my favorite parts was trying to come up with a mission statement for Hakiki. Uh, So I wrote down, and if anyone's trying to, it's funny, this worked for the, the business. And I honestly think it would work for you, like who you are as a person and what you're trying to get accomplished. What I did was I was trying to come up with a mission statement for Hakiki. So, um, for, like, for those of you who don't know what mission statement is, it's pretty much describing what your company is doing or trying to do, or at least what your company believes in. So one that comes to mind, for example, is Apple's uh, mission statement for a while, especially when they were really taking off in the, the 90s, was uh, Apple believes that people uh, crazy enough to think that they can change the world usually do. That was their mission statement, and now they're creating products to allow people to change the world. Uh, through art and creativity and all that stuff. So I tried to figure out what Hakiki's mission statement is, at least for today. It'll, it can change, but what is it today? Um, and I haven't drilled it down yet, but one thing that helped me do so was clearing the whiteboard and writing kind of words and adjectives um, that describe Hakiki or, or at least um, what I feel when I think about Hakiki. So one smart thing that I did do, and I don't do a lot of smart things, so I got to pat myself on the back here, is I wrote down all, sorry, sorry, I took pictures of all the whiteboards um, that I created, and I'm trying to flip through the pictures on my phone right now, which shows my inability to to multitask. Um, Okay, here I found it. So I want to read out the words that I use to describe Hakiki. And hopefully that'll show you kind of what I was talking about in terms of the mission statement. And it'll help maybe help you articulate some of the things that you're trying to do in your life or or your company if you have one or your day-to-day job or, or whatever it is. So here it is that, here's the stuff that I wrote down for Hakiki. So I wrote down real, fun, dynamic, inviting, unelite, non ostentatious, fast, fearless, hungry, uh, loyal, open, grateful, hardworking, foolish. And then at the end I wrote, will die for its customers. (laughs) I think I had been there too long. Um, I also think I had a couple uh, rock stars, so maybe I was feeling it. So then I I wrote down those words and I kind of just stared at them for 15, 20 minutes and in my head, just kind of chiseled through what I'm really trying to do here and how can I explain it to someone in a sentence. It's not easy, but easier to explain it to you guys in a podcast because I've got, you know, an episode every week for 20 minutes so I can talk about it forever and eventually you'll kind of get the point. But in a world that is incredibly noisy and only getting noisier, I felt it was really important for me to be able to explain it to someone in a sentence or two. What it is Hikiki is doing, what they represent, who they are, what they're trying to accomplish, what they want the world to look like, all of that. 
how can I get that drilled down into one or two sentences? And I'm getting pretty gosh darn close. These whiteboarding sessions really helped me. Um, so if anyone is kind of in that same struggle that I was in before, I would really recommend you trying that out. Um, so I finally caught myself here and am trying to uh, not let the podcast run on too long. So I caught myself here at the 20-minute mark, uh, finally, because usually it's at like the 26-minute mark. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I've gone too long. So let me end it off with the plug of the week. Yes, I, I apologize. Last time I forgot about the plug of the week and then plugged it at the end. So now I'm going to try and make it a little more organic and put it in at, at the end. Uh, the plug of the week this week is yet another uh, artist uh, who's also a friend of mine. Uh, so this plug of the week is uh, a friend of mine who released a three-song kind of digital album. Uh, it's called Rave Mates by a band called Vandersar. Uh, the, the website to check it out is Vandersar, V-A-N-D-E-R-S-A-A-R dot Bandcamp, B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P dot com. So Vandersar dot Bandcamp dot com. Um... This is actually run by a guy that I used to, when I was going to school at Seneca College, he used to work there. He, uh, in a school full of narrow-minded, boring teachers, he was the complete opposite of all of them. Uh, he's one of the, he's pretty much the only person that motivated me to, to go to England, to go to university, which has led to some of the best times and moments and experiences of my life, um, was First on board to congratulating me when I released Hiki, uh, just an all-around great dude. Uh, so please check it out. It's a free album. You can listen online. Uh, you can also buy it for whatever uh, price you you deem fit. Sorry, my phone was my microphone was in my beard there. Yeah, so uh, you can listen to it for free online. You can buy it for whatever price you you think you want to pay. Uh, so again, it's called Rave Mates by Vandersar. Just three songs, but. Really awesome, great kind of summertime vibes. Uh, he did the vocals and all the instrumentals himself. Uh, so as a personal favor to myself, uh, please check it out. Um, so shout out to, to Vandersar. Uh, that's all I got for you today. Next week, uh, I'm going to try my absolute darndest to record an episode on the Sunday. I'll be in Dublin um, on the Sunday. What the fuck? Uh, I'll be in Dublin. <laughs> that was my... Uh, Conor McGregor, what the fuck? Uh, so I'll be in Dublin, which is a great city. If anyone ever gets a chance to check it out, I'm going to see some friends from university, uh, which I absolutely cannot wait because I haven't seen them in a long time. I'm gonna, if I do do an episode, it's probably gonna be outside. So I apologize in advance for the the wind and the car honks and the probably drunken Irish people in the in the background. Um, sorry, that was insensitive. Uh, so hopefully I'll talk to you next week. If not, I'll I'll talk to you as soon as I possibly can. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, again, all my information, my Twitter, my Instagram, and my Etsy, Etsy page is in the description of this podcast. Please check it out uh, and give me a shout uh, with any comments or questions that you have. Uh, until then, take care. We'll talk soon.